Today's episode is brought to you by your auntie's pocketbook, which is funded in part by her employer, but not completely. And whatever change she finds in the dryer. So if you need money, call your auntie's pocketbook and we'll help you finesse a 20 spot from your grandma. And now on to the show. Hey, hey, kitties, welcome to the Peel Back. I'm your Auntie Peel, and I'm here to refine my skills of rambling aimlessly, death by lecture, and other pointless endeavors. And I do this at the expense of your listening ears. So today in church business, there is no church business, but I wanted to tell you, at least that back in February, I went to see Black Panther, and I'm hoping all of you have seen it because it was amazing. For uh, for a myriad of reasons, none of which I care to go into right now. But in the movie, there is the Dormalaje, which are the female warriors, the ones who are bald. And uh, I went to see Black Panther, and I took my parental units, and I took my own kids. And we were enthralled watching the movie. It was beautiful. It was spectacular. The story was strong, which was always a bonus. But I leaned over to my mom, and I said... Hey, mom, I think I'm going to shave my head. And without missing a beat, she said, okay, but feel the back of your head and make sure it's not lumpy. (laughs) Said, uh, okay, thank you. Uh, I also told my brother, um, I think I told him on a phone call that I was going to shave my head. And he's like, dope, you should do that. And if you shave your head, I'll shave my head. Which is like, you know, it's kind of cool that you, when you can have a sibling who wants to be there for you, except that he is already bald. So not helpful. Thanks. No, thanks. But I know you love me. And then I told my dad that I was going to shave my head and he just said, nope. And that was the end of that. All right. So, uh, let's see. I am training for the Dormelage by going to the gym once in a while and, you know, looking cool. So feel free to join me. Just go exercise every once in a while and try to look cool while you do it. And if you get there, congratulations. And if you don't, well, no one's surprised, especially not me. Anywho, that is the church business. And I can't think of anything else that's worth telling you right now. But I wanted to share with you a story. And this story is from the magical mists of time called, no, it's not. It's just a story that my mom used to tell me all the time when I was a kid. And she told me the story because her dad used to be really awesome at, uh, at catching fish and catching octopus to feed his family. And keep in mind, this man had 14 kids, I think. 13 or 14. I I can't count right off the top of my head. I have to sit down and write out names. But he had a fairly large family. And he fed them by going fishing on a regular basis. And by working his plantation. Keeping the food planted and, and the fields cleaned and harvested. Anyway, he could catch an octopus quite easily. He had this method. And it wasn't just him. I feel like a lot of people knew about the method of catching octopus where you take a shell and you kind of decorate it to look like a mouse and these shells are about the size of a fist maybe a little bit smaller 
and you put a you put a tail on it and then you lower it into the water on a string and when an octopus sees this shell with the tail it will grab onto it and hold onto it tight like it's trying to choke the shell to death and then you can just pull the octopus right out of the water and into your boat and do what it takes to to keep the tentacles from being too sticky and there you've caught yourself an octopus um now this method was explained or the reason why the method existed was explained in a in an old fairy tale that my mom used to tell me all the time in fact the the intro music was it's called Sifee that's the name of the song it's a Samoan song which is you know what my mother is she is Samoan and it is all about the story of the octopus and the rat Hey mom, thanks for coming. Even though you, you know, I didn't ask you to come over, but you're always here anyway, so <laughs> that works for me. How are you? I am terrific. Good, good, good. Um, I was working on telling the story of the octopus and the rat. Why? Why? Oh, well, because my son was telling me yesterday about this kid that he's friends with. He's friends with, but they, he likes to call him a frenemy. And I told him that that's a, that's a stupid idea to have friends who are your enemies at the same time. Did he tell you about that at all? No, which one? Oh, I don't want to say the kid's name. Okay. But uh, he's been friends with this kid for the last couple of years. And every time this kid comes around, he'll look at his, his art, the art that you know my baby makes and you he'll criticize it and he'll say you know and uh, the big son will say do you need something is there a reason why you're here and the other kid will say you know I just like to look at mistakes just looking at mistakes yeah when he's pointing at the artwork mm-hmm. and, and it makes it makes my big son really upset just to have this kid always coming around and picking on him and uh those are empty minds yeah and i i told him you don't need friends like that you need you need friends that are either like friends that you enjoy being around or you need to cut them off because these people are they're they're paper samurai it's death by a thousand paper cuts you know they just hurt you a little bit at a time put you down a little bit at a time remember we were talking about um about your best friend who who was around other all these other women who were telling her that she was fat just like that was happening at my house too mm-hmm. it's just people who want to put you down so that they feel better <clears throat> they just open their mouth and they let out negativity and it's not so much what they say but it's kind of the intent behind what they say so I was trying to put together some stories um, that kind of remind me how how death by a thousand paper cuts uh, is a bad thing 
and also different ways that that characters and stories have reacted to situations and one of the stories that I thought of was the octopus and the rat <clears throat> so yeah. you think the story will help the person doing that job of uh, cutting back on people um, I think that there's a moral to the story that needs to to be, express yeah and mm. you know and I guess I can I can bring it full circle at the end <laughs> but can yeah. you tell the story I can tell the story, but you know, people like that, or people are people, when they have that idea in their mind, that's their talents. Nobody can change the pe- person with the talents of talking behind people's back. And the other thing about that, those are not unintelligent people. Mm-hmm. Unintelligent people, they talk, they talk behind people's back, and it's their talent. Intelligent people, they're quiet, keep going, and keep doing your arts and be perfect on it and be good so they will come out and criticize that's all they have because there's a lot of things in their mind they're jealous mm-hmm. that's they're, what I think yeah they they have a problem maybe nobody likes them uh, they have jealousy in their hearts so sometimes we, we need to turn around and make that as a challenge to you to teach that person to teach this person and say hey and really is my artist not good right and then you said he said whatever he says you're gonna add maybe you'll add more to make you feel bad I say really thank you for your for your comments but do you want to help do, do you want me to teach you how to draw things like this like that but the story of the the story of the is that the rat? Octopus and the rat? The octopus and rat. Mm-hmm. It kind of has a, a different moral. It's not so much about people right. talking behind your back, but it's... It's a... It's, it's kind of the... Ungrateful. Well, it's to me, it's like what can happen to you if you kind of hold on to too much anger. Which is part of, you know, getting rid of the paper samurais. Mm-hmm. They make you feel bad, and I think it... You either let them stay in your life and continue to mm-hmm. to inflict those thousands of paper cuts, and you're the one who suffers, mm-hmm. or you say, you need to stand back. You need to not be part of my life, and then hold that boundary. So go ahead, tell us the story of the, the octopus and the rat. The octopus and the rat. Well, this is the story I heard when I was born. It's like day after day, I hear that story all over Samoa. Every family tells the story. Every mom tells the story. Every dad tells the same story over and over until it clicks on our minds as kids. And then we share it to others. Then we have our family. We tell them the same story. Mm-hmm. Same story over and over and over and never get tired of hearing the fun of it. It was a fun story to me was never think of something there's a moral of the story <laughs> but uh, let me tell the story maybe your story is different from what I know about the octopus and the rat but I'm gonna tell my own understanding of the story what do you call it what is the word your own version I am gonna tell my own version of the rat and the octopus okay in Samoa I live in Samoa. I grew up in there, 
and my dad is a fisherman and also he's a farmer he go to the farm and then he'll come and get some fish for us to eat for the dinner but he many times he bring an octopus but I saw my dad make a, a bait out of the shell this shell I really don't know what is the English name for this shell do you know fella I don't remember yeah it's a round one have spot on it like white and brownish what and do you call it in Samoan? Pullet. Yeah, this is the pullet, the big ones. They come in different sizes. They're small, they're huge like this, and they're little like that, and they're tiny, tiny like this. But they don't use the tiny or the huge one, but they use the size exactly the size of the mouse. Mm-hmm. They, they find the, the pullet that the size of the mouse. So, so it's like a little bit bigger than a golf ball. <clears throat> like a little bigger than that mm-hmm. but the shell is like oval it's not round it's like the shape of the back of the turtle but it's not flat like the turtle back but it's shaped like oval shaped like that mm-hmm. so my dad I saw him make the bait out of that and I asked what is that for and my dad said that's when he's gonna go catch the octopus so the way he make the the way he make the the bait that that shell oval shape he will make a tail it's just like long like the tail of the the nice. mice but it's not moving it's not it's not a tail that you can bend up and curl up it was make out of the something from the coconut leaf and in the front he has a a thing like a wire very thin wire he go around in the front for the face and he make little, little ears you, you guys knows about the the ears of the mice. I know you see mice. And maybe you have mice underneath your bed. Oh, whoa. So you'll see that. (laughs) Or you'll see it outside. Or the cat, bring it to your house. Mm -hmm. You you see the face of the mouse? The Mm -hmm. mice is exactly, that's how it make into that shell, the the design. And not only my dad know how to make it, all the men know how to make it. Because everybody likes to eat the octopus. Mm -hmm. So then my dad... We'll go, we'll go fishing. He would bring the fish, maybe three or four octopus. Sometimes they're not big. I don't like him to bring huge one because I don't like to look at it. I'm scared, but whatever octopus he can find, that's what he will bring home. So I asked my dad, how is this bait catch this humongous animal with a lot of legs eight legs of the of the octopus and he said I sit on my canoe and I lower my bait go down like that go down lower because the octopus live down on the bottom of the water mm-hmm. underneath the coral and stuff like that so I guess he knows where they live or they hide so he will lower that bait down and guess what he said the octopus will look at that and his eye was wide open, angry, looking at this mouse and he will come out and as he moved the bait, the octopus will follow and grab it with all his strength, with all those eight legs. He won't turn loose on that because now he gets the mouse he wanted, kill it. And my dad will push it up quickly, up in the air, put it in a canoe and the, the long legs, how to make it, don't go back down in the water. He would put his hand on each leg and wipe it out the slimy on the legs. It's like he put something 
you know how you put those things you put in a glass in the kitchen? The suction cups? Yeah, the, the, what do you call it? Suction cups. Suction? Suction. Suction cups in the, to, the, to the glass. That's how those legs of the, the octopus will, will, will stick on things. But you wipe it, all the eight legs, and, the, and that slimy thing will go away. And then maybe he hit the head to make it them, uh, dead. And then put it in a canoe and he'll bring it home and we cook it with coconut milk and yummy, yummy, yummy. So, this is why the octopus crap on the, on the mouse. In, the, in one of the legend of Samoa or the fairy tales of Samoa, it tells the story about those, these two funny animals that the mice live in the land and the octopus live in the ocean. How did they become get acquainted and create this story very, very, uh, what is the word? Very funny. <laughs> so, so the rat was sitting on the bank. I think he was sink, sitting on the bank, maybe on the beach, because in Samoa there are trees and a lot of rocks. So maybe the mice was coming on the other side of crawling underneath somebody's bed and run right into <laughs> the, the beach. <laughs> And get on that rock and sit up there and look, look, look worried or look like sad or something like that. And this octopus must be live underneath that rock, cause he live in the ocean. And then the, and then the octopus was too nosy, want to know why is this mouse living the land sit on that rock? Must be stick up his head and he say, hey, why are you looking sad? What are you doing over here? You cannot swim. And maybe the mice said, the the mouse said. I want to go on the other side of the ocean, but I cannot swim. Can you take me? And the octopus was so gracious and he said, Yeah, but 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 listen, kids, this is not a lion. This is the lion will say, Yeah, get up. And he started to say, I'm going to have you for my hot dog for lunch. But the octopus was not thinking like that. He was just thinking he's going to do a good service for somebody. Is, is sad and have a problem. Okay, so uh, he said, hop on, sit on my head and I will take you. Well, the story said the mouse was never get wet. He was sitting on the octopus head, so it must be the octopus head will stick above the water a little bit because if he go under, imagine where the mouse is gonna be. He cannot swim. He doesn't have web in his legs like a so the, the poor uh, octopus keep swimming on the other end and then get on the other side and he said to the mouse, okay, hop out, you're on the other side. And the mouse went on the other side and he said, hey, hey, octopus, touch your head. And the octopus said, why? He said, just touch your head. <laughs> so, and the octopus said, why I have to touch my head? You're the only one who sit on my head. And Octopus said, just touch it. Just touch it. Maybe you feel something on it. So the octopus was kind of suspicious and then say, what did he left for me? So he put his little uh, legs, a forelegs, maybe all the eight legs, as he said. Eight of his legs feel his head and he feels something and he feel it. And they say, mm, this thing, and it smells stinky. Guess what? The mouse pay back to the poor octopus. He pooped on his head. 
Can you do that to a good friend? <laughs> Can you do it on your friend's head? <laughs> Can you no. ever do something like that to somebody do good to you? No. If you do that, shame on you. And if you didn't, wonderful. So, this is the story. That's what it is. And then from that day on, that octopus was looking for that mouse anytime he can find it grab and squeeze it <laughs> and you know when he squeezed it go down the water was well, not a mouse it's a, it's a shell it's a made man-made uh, mouse just to get them so we can eat them so so now for real you if you see the octopus there is something on his head it's just like doodle <laughs> for real is on the on the head of the mouse of the the octopus and you know that part when we cook the when we cook the octopus we make it so that thing can bust and it goes inside the coconut milk oh the ink mm -hmm. the ink sack yeah. yeah so so it's real things there there is things on the octopus head it's not just a story tell that but really there are things on on octopus head so from that day on They were enemies from the beginning to the end. Because you, a friend do something good to you, you should be good. But you don't go and do it on somebody because you don't like somebody. <laughs> Remember that. Remember do that. Do good to those who do good to you. Even even bad guys, they do bad to you. Do good to them anyway. If somebody bother you, just said, uh, go to bed. <laughs> just... Sit, go to bed and go and have fun and sleep on your own bed and don't bother me. So uh, that is the story. It's a fun story, but every parents have their own version. When their kids act up, they tell the story. They add other things to the story. It's just to teach your children. But the story is, I think the moral of the story, just do good to your friends and don't even people bad to you. If you cannot control them, stay away from them, right? Okay, but right? then what do you think of the octopus always wanting to kill this this rat? Oh, the octopus never forgive the mouse, the rat. Never. And who suffers because of that? The octopus himself. I don't think the mouse is not even thinking about it. But guess what? Is the octopus is carrying the burden of hatred, of being enemy, being, being angry, being want to kill the mouse being looking for everywhere if he can find that mouse anywhere and even today kids that's the same thing that we catch the the octopus from long time ago we still do it today in the Tongan they you they call it the makafeke that and the same style that's the same style same shell the same pattern how to make that to catch the poor octopus Why you think the octopus is still angry? <laughs> and his anchor put him in danger. You remember that? What danger the, the octopus is getting in when he's angry? He get caught, being eaten up all the time. He can never win. So that's the story. Hope you like it. Okay, have a good night. Hey, thank you, Mom. <laughs> thank you for telling the kids to not let um, somebody doo-doo on their head and also not doo-doo on somebody's head. That's <laughs> awesome.
Uh, that was an un- unexpected surprise. It's kind of cool that my mom happened to drop by tonight and was willing to share that story because I tell you, her storytelling skills, especially of the fairy tales from Samoa, are like a thousand times more entertaining than when I do it. Um, I just wanted to make a point concerning that story of the octopus. If the octopus wasn't so angry at the mouse slash rat, he wouldn't get caught all the time with a simple lure. Just, you know, just saying. And let me share with you, like, a quick experience where me holding on to anger, me, could have potentially landed me in a great deal of trouble. So when I was a kid, and I think I was maybe about 10 or 11 years old, somewhere in there, uh, My family had moved from the city of Aurora in Colorado out to the city of Inglewood. But we would still come back to Aurora to do a lot of stuff because that's the city we knew well. And one Monday night, uh, it was family night, my parents brought us all the way back to a rec center called Beck. And Beck, is a it it seemed like it was more posh than the regular, you know, gyms that you could find at the time. And it was close to the military base, the the Buckley Airfield. And it seemed like nobody else we knew knew about Beck. So we loved to go there. kind of made us feel high class. And maybe that was only me, but doesn't matter. That's my interpretation of how it went. And we went to this swimming pool. And I remember that my sister and I were kind of playing this game of tag. And she went under the water. And she pinched my butt as hard as she could with her nails and she twisted and I screamed because it hurt so bad and she came up laughing and I was very upset and I decided I was going to get her back. Now when we were kids and I'm pretty sure not a lot has changed my sister was a much better swimmer than I was. Like if I ever got in the deep water and she thought she had to save me she would jump in and just drag me out by the hair which is terribly unkind if you think about it if I'm drowning now you're pulling my hair that doesn't make it better anywho I was never drowning she just was pulling my hair back to the story so she pinched my bum and then she came up laughing and when I went to 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 get her back she dove under the water and she swam away and uh, and I realized okay now I've I've got to be I've got to be sneaky and stealthy about this. So I looked out over the water and I found her. And when I thought she wasn't paying attention to where I was, I would dive under the water and swim over to where she was and try to catch her because I was going to pinch her back. And I bring up my head out of the water to see where she was and she would be gone. She'd be like in a totally different side of the pool. And I would, I was going around and around and around trying to catch her. And every time I would get close, she would swim off. Now, this one time, she looked like she was completely, you know, content with sitting still because I had given up. I had stopped chasing her. And I thought, yeah, now she's relaxed. Now she's let her guard down. I'm going to get her. So I swam over to where she was, and I poked my head up out of the water, and she was still there. So I, I kept going, and I got right up to her, And I grabbed her butt so hard and pinched so hard and dug my fingernails in just like she did to me. And I twisted and I came up out of the water and there was this 
doughy white kid just screaming his head off. And my sister was on the other side of the pool and she was dying of laughter. Now I sunk right back into the water and swam out of there before anybody could figure out what had happened. But I tell you, if I had gotten caught, woo, I'm telling you, my parents were not, uh, they were not light-handed and they would not have thought that hilarious, especially not at the time that somebody else is screaming and hurting because I just pinched them as hard as I could. You see how I edited that? I didn't say a whole lot. Anywho, that is what anger does. <laughs> it puts us in situations where we could potentially create havoc in our lives. So, point of my story, the point of the story of the octopus, is to learn to let it go. And don't let it go for the sake of anyone else. Because I tell you, nobody else cares if you forgive them or not. Forgive so that you can be at peace. All right. That was the peel back for today. Next time, I guess we'll find something else to talk about. Maybe conjure up some church business, something. And uh, we'll see you around. Deuces.